Welcome to the Inside Scoop, everything you need to know for your student to succeed in the Cobb County School District. I'm David Owen. This episode is how to help your student transition from elementary school to middle school. Today, we're joined by the principals of each level, one from Mableton Elementary, Ms. Pam Kane, and from Lost Mountain Middle School, we have Ms. Lenora Nyesti. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, David. Thank you. It's Close great enough? to be here. Very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we're here to talk about uh, getting students from elementary school to middle school, and uh, that's a huge thing. Just with the population of students alone, we're serving 67 elementary schools and 25 middle schools, each of them seeing the transition of their fifth graders up to the beloved sixth grade. (laughs) And as a parent, I have a huge appreciation for all the people involved in that. So no offense, uh, Lenora, middle school years are the worst. Let's just get it out there. Let's put that out there. I think most most parents view it we that way. We just call them challenging. Challenging, yes. And, and it's not necessarily that the schools themselves or the, the teachers and administrators are, are bad. It's just they're difficult years emotionally uh, for the, these young ones trying to find their way through life. Um, so what are the biggest differences in those students? Let, let's start with you, Pam. The, the elementary school fifth grade students, mm-hmm. can you just generally describe what they're like by the time they get to fifth grade as opposed to the way they came to you in the school years in their cute little kindergarten uh-huh. outfits or whatever? <laughs> well, they certainly grow up, and it is amazing to watch them grow up from a kindergarten student to fifth grade. Um, they grow up in their their body, their actions, their friendships, how they deal with each other, how they respond to teachers. And so um, th- that's a, a, a really neat pro- process to watch. By the time they're in the fifth grade, they're, to me, they're, they're struggling with that interdependence phase of life. Uh-huh. They're still very dependent on their parents, very dependent on their whoever's supporting them at home, on their teachers. And um, they're struggling to find that identity. And I know that continues in middle school as well. <laughs> but in fifth grade, especially depending on the maturity level, they're really struggling to find that identity. And so um, one day they might just think that they understand everything. They know everything about the whole world and, and the whole school, and they're so confident. And then the next day they're crying, and they just they just don't know what to do. They just want to be loved on. So it's really a, a, a stage in life where, where they're, they're between dependence and independence. Yeah. And there are some days they're so confident because they are the big kids on campus. And the next day you realize they're just they're just 10. They're okay. just 11. Now, that's a great insight. That was one of the first things that came to my mind as a, a recollection of my own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you said, big man on campus ends up as, as the lowly. I don't mm-hmm. know if you refer to a freshman in sixth grade, but the youngest on the on the campus. Um, Lenora, tell us about how. They generally, these newbies, are received into middle school and and how the other kids tend to treat them at this point. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. And one Mm -hmm. of the first things that parents want to talk about is how afraid they are for their child at middle school because they've heard such horror stories of going to middle school and all the bullying and all of the mean kids at middle school. Mm -hmm. And the truth is our sixth grade teachers are kind and loving. Those fifth grade students that are 
very independent and then very dependent are the same sixth graders that we have. One day they feel very confident and the next they're crying. They don't know how to open their locker. You would be amazed at the time and energy that goes into opening the lockers. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I I continue to be amazed that the same children that come in as 11 and 12-year-olds leave us after the eighth grade getting ready to get their driver's permit. We watch a tremendous physical, emotional, mental change that happens in those three years. That's absolutely amazing hmm. how those children can come from where th- my biggest concern is, how do I open my locker and where are the bathrooms right. to I'm going to get ready to drive and I, I'm working on my GPA and I don't know what college I'm going to go to, but I'm I'm getting there next. It's tremendously important those three years, mm-hmm. but It is Uh, a ride. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of a compressed version of of what we have Uh at elementary school then. It's just you get to see it maybe more more obviously because it's so so short a time span. Mm -hmm. So, okay, aside from the obvious chill you just sent down my spine, thinking of them middle schoolers driving cars, (laughs) uh, (laughs) thank goodness we have a limit to that. Um, The... the response, uh, all of these challenges in these little ones that are, you know, they're going from being little ones, I guess, really mm-hmm. in elementary school mm-hmm. into developing to becoming really adults. They're pre-adults, but they're they're trying to understand that better. So how does the staff deal with, I mean, you've got academics going, you've got all of the, you know, just running your classroom aspects. And then you've got this child who's broken down because of a locker. Mm-hmm. That, that's huge. It is. But I think uh, if you talk to middle school teachers, they are they have chosen middle school for a reason. Or maybe middle school chose them. <laughs> it, is a, it is a special teacher that goes into a middle school classroom mm-hmm. comfortably. Um, by the time they're eighth grade, um, they have a lot of attitude by the time they get to eighth grade. Uh, seventh grade tends to be loaded with drama, but it's all of the emotions that they're trying to learn how to manage. Uh And, and that's what we do at, at the middle school level is we try to help students understand the emotions that are now taking over their lives. Um, it's, it is just that weird period of time for them where they're just learning about themselves and others and how to how to manage all of those new systems that they're working through i i just i'm <laughs> i'm speechless because these uh teachers and admins in middle school you're right it, to me i see it as a calling you Absolutely. have to be able to understand that odd brain that is in those middle school students. Absolutely. <laughs> so with, with the elementary school students, the fifth grade, what can parents do to help prepare their, their student move from fifth grade up to sixth? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best things parents can do is to send them to school, mm-hmm. send them to school and let us take care of them. We, we understand that. We know that they have emotional, developmental, physical needs and academic needs. And mm-hmm. so send them to us so that we can teach them. And then help them to take some responsibility, which each year your child grows, you you release a little bit more of that. And, you know, sometimes that's easy. Sometimes it's a little difficult. But 
give them some responsibility and help them to be held accountable Mm -hmm. and allow the school and the teachers to hold them accountable as well. That's really just preparing them for life in general, but especially also for the next step in life, too, to take responsibility for your learning, for your actions, and um, just be partners with us as teachers and as administrators and as schools. Be partners with us. If there's something going on in your child's life, let us know about it, and then we can help them to cope. I think that's one of the huge things that education does for children is help them to cope with life, and life is way more than just academics. And so let us know about that. Just be partners with us and and trust us to help your child. Trust us that we care about your child and we'll do the same. It's, it's not a replacement for parenting, but it is a, a common thing sure. that, that both the teachers, staff and, mm-hmm. and parents mm-hmm. have. Everybody wants these students to do well. Absolutely. Yep. Um, now, th- there's a hard phrase that I heard uh, one time and I've tried to use it with my own children. And that is let your children fail. Mm-hmm. Is that a wise move for a parent? I think it is. I mean, that's just part of life. And as a parent myself, who I've raised three children, mm-hmm. and, and that's not easy to do as a parent, yeah. to watch them fail. It hurts you as a parent. Um, but they'll be okay, especially if it's a test. If, it, if it's a grade, they're going to be okay. And then they have to learn, okay, next time I've got to put a little bit more effort into that. I, mm-hmm. It's up to me. Some things you just can't be saved from, and that's okay. You've got to learn how to do that. And elementary teachers understand the developmental levels of their children. So in kindergarten, it's it's a much more safer environment. We don't see kids failing that much. I mean, they they, they can't tie their shoes, mm-hmm. and that's frustrating and scary. And then if, if no one can tie them for them, it's it's just an emotional breakdown. But they'll be okay from that, too. So let teach them how to tie their shoes and let them practice. And then the next grade, same thing. Teach them how to do something and let them practice. And we don't expect perfection from kids, just like we don't expect perfection from anyone. Right. But let's just practice and allow your kids to practice. And a lot of times when you're practicing, you you might have some failures. That's okay. Pick yourself up. And as a parent, support them. Help them to be encouraged when those things happen. That's so important. Just encourage your kids when they do fail. It's, it's not um, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's part of what we all do. So have a conversation with them. I tell them I remember when I couldn't do something. And I just had to work work through it. So yeah. failure is okay. Encourage them, help them to cope through it, and help them to learn that lesson. Okay, next time I've got to do a little something differently so that the the um, end result is different. Yeah. So you take your, your lesson from having had a failure and you say, okay, uh, what are we going to do differently mm-hmm. this That's right. next, Let's next go around? Yeah. Yep. So uh, you mentioned the, the word encouragement, and mm-hmm. that's huge. It uh, it's so easy as a parent to wag your finger in a kid's face and say, you should have done better. But the reality is people do better with encouragement. Absolutely. Right? And don't take it personal, parents. Mm. If your child does fail at something, don't take it personal. That really is part of life. Okay. Just just encourage them through it and teach them some coping skills. And if they don't learn to tie their shoes on their own, they'll be destined to a life of loafers. And we know That's how right. bad that can be. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was off track. Okay. So... <laughs> All right, Lenora. Going back to the uh, the the middle school perspective, we have uh, parents. Of course, parents come from from different uh, backgrounds and and challenges in life. Frankly, and some of these parents are just all about their student. I mean, they're there at the elementary school every day, making sure their their student is participating and happy and socially engaged, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
And then we've got the parents who either don't or can't do that. They want to, but perhaps things have not gone well in life, and so they're having to work two jobs or overnight shift or what have you. I'm going to ask you a big question. It's going to be hard to answer. I hope I'm up to it. (laughs) I'm sure you are. (laughs) How does the role of a parent change when moving from elementary school into the middle school years? I don't think it does. Okay. Honestly, um, yes, parents seem to be very, they are very closely involved in at the elementary level. Mm-hmm. And it seems that the older the child gets at each level, they start to back out a little bit. Um, I think it's important that they do start to back out a little bit because we're trying to encourage children to be independent mm-hmm. from their from their parents. Kind of like what, what Pam was saying. It's exactly mm-hmm. what Pam's saying. It doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. Um, we we do have a, a, a tremendous, uh, I guess, uh, different levels of parent support and engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have parents even by the time they're in the eighth grade. And I, I know that we even have those parents in the 11th and 12th grade that are very, very engaged in their child's life, all with good intention. They mm-hmm. they want to make sure that their child is getting from point A to D in a straight line with no obstacles, and we've just got to get you through all of this so we can get you to college, and right. then you'll get a good job, and you'll go. So I understand the, the, the thought behind it, mm-hmm. but at some point, you have to allow kids to become independent so that they're making their own decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, they're either going to make mistakes and decisions on their own in elementary, middle, or high school, or they're going to do those same uh, mistakes or, or challenges in mm-hmm. college or as adults. I would much rather have that happen where we can be supportive and pick them up and hold mm-hmm. on to them and say, you know what, it's going to be okay, encourage you to go forward, mm-hmm. look at how this decision Look at the consequences for this. How could we do that differently next time? Hmm. And and encourage them to go on and move forward. So for parents, I, I know that they don't want those things to happen. We don't want our kids to have failures. Right. But the truth is they have to have failures in order to learn how to do things uh, a better way. Mm-hmm. Or know how to cope with them. Yeah, the coping had, is <laughs> tremendous. I, I had a, uh, a teacher in high school. Uh, who the very first day uh, told the class, I'm going to teach you all how to fail. (laughs) It turned out she was one of the best teachers because she was right. That was a hard lesson to learn. But if you don't learn it while there aren't huge consequences, what's going to happen when you hit real life? So um, I'm glad you said that. All right. So uh, what advice would each of you give to the, the parents who are looking at their their uh, student uh, maybe getting ready to, I guess, graduate, if that's the right term, from fifth grade. Uh, Pam, let's start with you. Um, to the parents, I would say, again, help your kids to have some responsibility. Help them with organizational skills and um, with uh, kind of cleaning up behind themselves. It sounds really simple, but that's a skill I think that will help them be ready for the next one to Clean up behind yourself, get yourself organized, listen and respect uh, the the teachers that you're going to have at every level. I know the attitude does change. We see it in the fifth grade for sure. 
and I know it continues. So just realize that teachers are there because they are either they're called to be there. It's their passion. They come to school every day to support children and to help them learn. So that that actually I think would would be my best advice to parents is just tell your children the teachers are there for you. So go listen to your teachers, get yourself together, stay organized, stay on top of things. And um, if you do something wrong, it's okay. We'll we'll deal with that together. I'll, I'll be here for you and we'll work through it. But I need you to go out there and be responsible, take some accountability and go do the best that you can do and practice every day. Every day you're getting out there, you're practicing doing school, you're practicing your social um, relationships mm-hmm. and practice is going to, it's going to make you make forward progress every time. So just get out there and, and have a good time with it. Just keep trying. Absolutely. What about you, Lenore? It, it is really important that parents continue to do everything that they can at home. Mm-hmm. Read to your child every day. I, even, even in middle school, if you were having fun having that nightly bedtime story, mm-hmm. it's okay to mm-hmm. still do that in the middle school. Yeah. Our kids love it. So, and it's so helpful with, with their fluency and their comprehension. Even in the middle school, we're still working on that. So sit down with your child. Don't be afraid to, to take responsibility for that learning that goes on at home too. Pam's right. The responsibility part, taking, taking, uh, responsibility for, for the things that they should come to school with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's important, but I also think it's important for parents to know that you send us your child and, and you have a, you have a set of children or a child at your home that you send to us. And that is the most important child that you can send us. We mm-hmm. get that, <laughs> but our business is every parent's child that they send to school. So we we have a lot of experience with this. We're actually pretty darn good at it. <laughs> so trust that we're going to take care of your child. Um, they're important to us too. Mm. We want them to be successful as just as much as you do. So trust us that we can do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like uh, good words leading to a good partnership kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Having uh, Paris. Now, uh, one thing that that dawned on me, uh, Pam, as you were speaking, was the notion that, uh, you know, some parents don't necessarily have the opportunities at home for the the nightly uh, Mm -hmm. bedtime reading and so forth. And, uh, you know, that's that's something that uh, I guess you'd call as a a sacrifice just to be able to make the income for the, the family household. Uh, but there are resources. There, mm-hmm. are, there is support that the schools frequently provide. Sure. Can you uh, give us just a, a brief insight on what might be available to help that kind of a situation mm-hmm. with their, their uh, student, even in fifth grade? Right, sure. Well, we uh, do tutoring for our students, after-school tutoring, and so mm-hmm. that's one thing that parents can take advantage of and, and let their children stay after school. Does that cost anything? No, it's absolutely free for children. Um and if it happens at your school and if you aren't aware of it, then reach out to your child's teacher and see if there's a, a, a way that they can get in on it. Because sometimes we offer it to specific children and um, another child might need it. So just reach out to the teacher. And that is one opportunity. And then we at, at, at Mableton, we have just a plethora of books that we can send home with children and that we do very often. And so if that's an issue at home, because I, I totally agree with you, Lenora. They need to be reading at home. And yes, if you as the parent are there and can read with them, 
that's wonderful. If it's an older sibling, if it's a grandparent, or if it is just the student themselves, we have resources to send home. We can um, give children books if that's what they need. Hmm. And and I feel like the children at Mableton know that. So I want the parents to know that as well. And I'm sure that all schools have those resources mm-hmm. th- so that you can read at home. Um, and even websites, we can provide that sort of thing to practice at home as well. Um, and then just other resources, games, things like that. We have in our school, we have a parent resource room. Parents can check out games to take home with their child. They can check out sight words to take home in practice Mm -hmm. or basic facts, flashcards, that sort of thing. So let us know if there's a need that you have, and we will get it to you so that your child can practice at home with you or with whomever's available, because that is so important. Again, Mm -hmm. just because we all want these children to do well, yes, uh, both in school and in life, Mm -hmm. because that's that's a better community if everybody's doing well. Okay. Is there anything else that you guys want to chime in with? Uh, Lenora, she kind of addressed that aspect, but at middle school level, uh, are there resources a parent might take advantage of? Absolutely. The middle school day, uh, the fact that we start uh, late in in the morning and then we end fairly late, um, yeah. our resources tend to be in the morning. So we still have math tutoring. We have language arts tutoring, writing tutoring, all of that um, in the mornings before kids um, actually start the school day, um, those resources are still available. We're we're still um, connecting with parents and kids to make sure that whatever you need, we're going to help provide that for you. Now, in the morning, uh, it seems like, you know, we've got like 75% of our students ride the bus to school. Uh, do the buses get there early enough for that, or is there a need to get your child to school sooner for that sort of thing. For tutoring, they would have to get to school earlier, but okay. like at the elementary level, they would have to come and pick them up. Yeah. So at the middle school, you have to actually drop them off and then we'll take them from there. Right. So um, some of the buses do get there around nine o'clock and, and classes start about 9.15. Mm-hmm. So there's still a 15 minute window where we can get them even on a computer program hmm. uh, to do a 10 minute math uh, computer program if we need to. So okay. we do, we use whatever resources we can mm-hmm. um, and and share those with parents too so they can use those at home. Also. And in the middle school, uh, because the the day starts later, actually having to get your child to school sooner may be easier to drop them off on your for way to work. So yeah, for some parents that is much easier to drop them off at 8 o'clock or 8.15 and then they're there with us. Okay. Well, folks, we've been listening to our two principals, Ms. Pam Kane and Lenora Nyesti. We really appreciate you guys sharing your insights. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you, David. If after hearing this podcast, you're still concerned about your student's transition to the next school level, you should contact your school counselor for more help on that. In case you're not sure how to do that, just visit the district website at www.cobk12.org. Click on Schools on the menu at the top and select your school level, then your school. Each school's website provides a menu item such as faculty, staff, administration, what have you, uh, where you can find that connection. Also, listeners, we're excited to let you know that we're now on Spotify as well as iTunes and Stitcher. We hope you're finding these podcasts helpful to you and your students. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.